Section 1 of A Brief Account of the Baha'i Movement. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Nicholas James Bridgewater. A Brief Account of the Baha'i Movement by Ethel Jenner rosenberg section one a brief account of the baha'i movement by ethel j rosenberg published by the priory press hampstead and j m watkins twenty one cecil court st martin's lane w c for the baha'i society of london nineteen eleven price one penny watchman what of the night the morning cometh many believe that we in this century are witnessing the dawn of a new spiritual epoch or era a renewal of the spirit is making itself felt in the churches and in the religious and social life of all lands this is in harmony with the teachings of the baha'is and of their great leaders now represented by abdul baha the servant of god known to the outside world as abbas effendi once again the light is shining forth from that land which may indeed be called the holy land for have not its valleys and hills been trodden from the beginning by the feet of those great messengers inspired of god abraham elijah and last and greatest jesus of nazareth is it strange that once more in this century of ours in this the cradle of the race those that were sitting in darkness have seen a great light the light of the sun of righteousness that rises with healing in his wings this great teacher abdul baha by birth a persian was until nineteen o eight for forty years a prisoner confined by the order of the turkish government within the walls of Akka, or Akra, to use the name more familiar to the West, on account of his religious teachings, which were considered subversive of, and antagonistic to, the faith of Islam. In order to make these statements intelligible to those who have not before heard of this great religious movement, which is flooding the East, with a new light and life it will be necessary to give a slight sketch of its history in eighteen nineteen a d in the city of shiraz in persia a child was born named mirza ali muhammad his father a wool merchant died while the child was yet an infant he was brought up by his maternal uncle 
and given the ordinary education of a persian youth in his position from childhood ali muhammad was renowned for his piety and virtue his courteous manner and the beauty of his person when this young man attained the age of twenty-four he announced to some of the principal men of learning and virtue of his country that he was the bearer of a message from god and from that time assumed the title of bulb or door by which name he became generally known he is now universally referred to as the bulb he became the forerunner and founder of a great religious movement which is destined to quicken the western world as it is now quickening the east and to bring the two into unity and harmony from the hour of this announcement he obtained a hearing and in a short while gained a very large following both among the cultivated and learned of his countrymen and among the common people the rapid spread of his teachings began seriously to alarm the more fanatical of the persian mohammedan teachers or mullahs through their intrigues and at their instigation he was at last seized and thrown into prison and finally shot at tabriz in july eighteen fifty a d six years after he had declared his mission the mullahs were determined if possible to stamp out and destroy what they considered to be a dangerous heresy they therefore imprisoned and executed all of the leading bobbies as they were called upon whom they could lay hands the bob's doctrines were simple he came he said not to uproot and destroy but to urge a more whole-hearted keeping of the grand teachings of his race he declared that the quran was not final he taught a pure faith in the one god inculcated a high morality and asserted that women were the equals of men and had a right to education he appointed eighteen chief followers or disciples one of whom was a woman the far-famed and beautiful qurratul ayn that is consolation of the eyes a poetess leader and teacher to whom he gave the title of tawhere or the pure one and who finally suffered martyrdom about two years after the bob's death he called these disciples letters of the living he himself forming the nineteenth of this hierarchy throughout the writings of the bob the number nineteen is considered especially sacred for reasons too long to detail here note readers are referred to the bayan end note the greater part of the teachings and writings of the bab referred to a coming great one he whom god would manifest who would reveal the light of truth 
in its full splendour and would declare himself after nineteen years the bab exhorted his followers not to reject this great one when he appeared as has been the custom of former religions and peoples upon the advent of a new prophet two years after the bab's death in eighteen fifty two a d a young fanatical bobby whose mind had become somewhat unbalanced through grief owing to his master a bobby having been martyred for his faith fired at the shah with a fowling piece he was seized and instantly put to death this unfortunate act gave the mullahs a pretext for their reiterated statements that the bab's teachings were not religious but political and dangerous to the government all the leading bobbies were seized and imprisoned and many of them put to death then commenced that terrible outburst of persecution torture and martyrdom for which there is scarcely to be found a parallel in history the number of these martyrs is variously estimated at from thirty to fifty thousand souls men women and children among the bobbies imprisoned at this time was a young and wealthy persian nobleman who was considered by the government to be a prominent leader of the movement on account of his benevolence he was called in tehran the father of the poor afterwards he became universally known as baha'u'llah that is the glory of god baha'u'llah was confined in a dungeon with a heavy chain about his neck attached thus to five other bobbies for a period of four months the government however being quite unable to substantiate any charge against him released him and having confiscated his property banished him with his family and a few followers to baghdad beyond the borders of persia and under the jurisdiction of the sultan in that neighborhood he resided for about eleven years it was during this period that he withdrew for two years to the solitude of the mountains even his friends did not know the place of his retreat it was then that the greatness of his message began to be realized by the distraught people and when he returned to them they gathered around him as a leader men of culture and learning came great distances to consult with him until the mullahs again becoming alarmed at the amazing spread of this faith persuaded the persian government through their intrigues and misrepresentations to demand of the sultan that baha'u'llah should be summoned to constantinople he was therefore obliged to set out for that city with his family and immediate followers in april eighteen sixty three a d before the journey baha'u'llah encamped for twelve days in the garden 
of Najib Pasha, at a short distance from Baghdad, and there revealed to his eldest son, Abdul Baha, and a few chosen friends, that he was the promised manifestation, the coming one of whom the Bab had spoken. He made this declaration nineteen years after the Bab had declared his mission. After some months' residence in Constantinople, the Ottoman government banished Baha'u'llah and his companions to Adrianople, this city being selected chiefly on account of its greater remoteness from Persia. There they lived for three or four years, the faith constantly spreading, until in 1868 A.D., they were once more exiled, this time to Akka. The immediate cause of their removal was a disturbance which had been created by Subh Azal, a half-brother to Baha'u'llah, who endeavoured to claim the leadership of the faith and to displace Baha'u'llah. Akka was selected because, being the chief fortress and military station, in the north of palestine it was the place to which political suspects and criminals of the worst type were sent it was extremely unhealthy and it was probably thought by the authorities that these poor exiles about seventy in number would not long survive their imprisonment within its walls for two years after their arrival they were confined in two rooms in the barracks and many fell ill of typhoid and dysentery but through the devoted nursing of abdul baha and a few helpers all but six recovered the charge to the governor stated that they were murderers nihilists and thieves and that they must be allowed no liberty or concessions of any sort after incredible hardships and the death of a young son caused by a fall from the roof of the prison building where he had gone to meditate baha'u'llah with his family was at last permitted to take a house in the town here he was confined in one room for seven years but through the nobility of their lives and characters the prisoners won the increasing respect and sympathy of the successive governors of Akka, and were gradually allowed to become prisoners on parole and given permission to reside anywhere within a radius of about eighteen miles after this baha'u'llah lived for the greater part of the time in a house at a short distance from Akka called Bahji. Also, he frequently stayed in Haifa and on Mount Carmel, close to the renowned cave of Elijah. On May 28, 1892 AD, at the age of 75 years, he departed this life, in full possession of his faculties and powers. Before his death, he told his followers, both by word and in writing, that after his departure, they must, quote, turn their faces, end quote, 
towards his eldest son abdul baha the greatest branch who was one with himself end of section one